This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. And welcome to episode 68 of Talking Dirty. Over at East Ruston Old Vicarage, I think, sort of lifting his clothing game to a next level because of today's guest, we have Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and even more handsome than usual horticulturalist. We'll get you over in Cambridge, Lord's <laughs> Maria Sophia Friedrichson, with your fancy Fair Isle hand knitted jumper. Did you really make that? That is I, terrific. I did. It's got a lot of mistakes in, and also I might have kind of overestimated the temperature I'm really quite warm so if I start to sort of turn purple with the glee of this podcast I'm well, I didn't realize it was cashmere <laughs> it's an Aran way it's quite thick all right. turn the central heating off now the reason I said we've sort of all upped our our dressing game for today's podcast is because one of the best dressed men in horticulture is joining us back for a long-awaited return visit to Talking Dirty. It is, let me consult the notes for the middle name, Jimmy Edward Blake of the one and only Hunting Brook. Hello! That's some introduction. Wow. <laughs> well, I think you might, you've actually upped your clothing game. I don't think I've seen that shirt before and it is fabulous. Someone sent that to me in the post and, oh God, I'm trying to get, oh, his name was Declan who is Declan? Is that is this a blast from the past or something? I didn't know who it was. And um, a few weeks later, anyway, Declan Buckley, garden designer in London, you might have heard him. He arrived at the door and he said, I sent you that shirt. He said it didn't fit him after after COVID. I shouldn't be saying that on the podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, he sent it to me. He got it made in India. So uh, <gasps> anyway. With a coordinated hat, no less. Yeah. Very hot in here. It's very mild out. Well, it's serving us well on the podcast because there are more plants for us to look at at this stage in the year. Yeah. So it's good news for, for Talking Dirty and for our more tender plants. Yeah. Uh, you look like you have been all over the place. You've been doing, you've been in France, you've been doing talks. I think you were in Suffolk the other day, lots of online masterclasses. So it's been a busy year for you, Jimmy. It's been a busy year in a different way. I haven't travelled much. I went to that plant fair in France and went, went absolutely mad with suitcases full of cactus and... Um, that's my new thing. Um, yeah, so it's like been let off, let off a lead um, to be able to go and buy plants again in another country. It was so exciting. Um, and then to be able to give talks. I haven't given that many. I've only, I think I've only given two real in, in a room with people. And uh, I was definitely over, over excited at them. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Have any of your new cacti purchases made it into this room? Because if anyone's listening, we always love it when we can see a bit of the show and tell that's coming up. But you have really outdone yourself. We've got bananas and cacti and salvias just crowding in. You are in the jungle. Yeah. The, um, yeah, it was funny. I found a nursery in at the plant fair in Chantilly and he was specialising in hardy cactus. Um, now, obviously, they're not going to be hardy in winter here, really, unless they're covered. But... It was just interesting and I bought quite a lot off the first day and then went back to my Airbnb and I could not sleep thinking, should I go back and get the rest of them? <laughs> so I had a full suitcase full of cactus and I literally just put the pots into the suitcase and put them all up, just cross crisscross on top of each other and they came back perfect. 
So it was such a good idea not to take them out of their pots. Yeah, and I think I remember, Alan, I think I remember my first visit to your place in the, do you call it the desert garden? Yeah, the desert watch. Yeah, yeah. I, do you know, I was thinking about it this morning. There's there's some gardens you go into and your creativity just explodes. Your mind just explodes. You're so excited with ideas for your own garden. And I remember the first time I stood in that garden, uh, I had that feeling. And it's just that arid planting and the, uh, was there agaves and... There's, uh, there's agaves, there's dazzlerians, there's nolinias, yeah. there's uh, punctures and uh, other cacti, trichocereus, um, yeah. you know, we, but I mean, Jimmy, I've done it again, you see, I mean, you grow these things and especially things like the, the puncher type cacti, because they're great yeah. big pads, one on top of the other, on top of the other, they get so big, what do you do with them? And I mean, I just stick them in the desert. If they live, they live, if they die, they die. Yeah, well, my, like I got quite a few appointees in France and they're they're all downstairs in the kitchen. I don't know if they're going to survive here with our wet, win wet, wet, wet or winters, I suppose. Well, if you, I think the trick, they will stand any amount of cold because they, there's a punches growing in the botanic garden in the middle of Oxfordshire and you can't get colder than that. But they are very dry. They're on a rockery, so they're very dry. So I think there's your clue in, in a way to try and keep the winter wet off them if you can. Yeah. Yeah, and give them sharp, you know, give them really, really sharp drainage. Yeah, oh, I'm looking forward to trying them because I have the, the new sand garden, so I'm hoping to put them in that. Yeah, what is a sand garden? <laughs> it was actually a really wet area outside the, the house, heading into the valley. Yeah, and it was just oh, so annoying. It was kind of a wildish area first, then it was a, a lawn, then it turned into a meadow. I think it went back to a lawn, then it went back to a meadow. Uh, nothing was working. And I decided to just to clear the whole thing. And I put in two big sand gardens. So we raised up all the beds. We put in woodland beds as well in the area. But everything was raised up. So everything was well drained. And the sand garden was really good drained mixture of topsoil and loads of grit. And then five inches of sand on top of that. Right, so everything, yeah. everything was planted in sand. Yeah. Actually, that works very well, I think, in in areas where, where you where you have a high rainfall because you've got that that sand is like a filter because the water goes straight through that yeah and, yeah. yeah it was great because I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to work with the conditions that were there I didn't want a, a damp garden I wanted to grow a new palette of plants and it's um it's, it's worked really well as long as yeah. I, I notice anywhere that's kind of going into a bit of shade it's not it's not working so I, All right. I you know as long mm. as it's getting plenty of sun that's the main thing. We, we can't get sunny than more sunny than our desert wash. I mean, it's the, it is in the highest part of the garden. I mean, we, we're flat anyway, but it's yeah. in the highest part of the garden, and it really has the south. You know, it faces south. Yeah, I do love the. I mean, gardening is always about experimentation, but I feel like Huntingbrook. There's a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of pushing boundaries. That's just the fun. I, I mean, I kind of, I really do kind of go through plants and that whole tropical garden. I'm going to take it all out now. I think I'm just, I just keep trying to reinvent that kind of tropical look. And I just need to clear the whole area, completely clear it. So I'm in the middle of digging out that whole area at the moment. Um, and I, I think this morning as I was going around looking at the foliage plants, so often we, we, we clutter foliage plants with other plants and that we never really see the beautiful shape like these bananas, brassiopsis, 
like what about growing bananas where there was nothing around them, you know, and you just saw the beautiful stems of them um, and, the, and the shepherds and all that Aureliaceae stuff. Uh, this is Tismarin's idea. I was thinking <laughs> that whole area would turn into just really, really simple, um, basically showing off all the foliage plants, but not cluttered with perennials or bulbs or anything like that. That's just Martin's idea. Last week I had a similar idea, Jimmy, because you know how I know how your mind works, you know how mine works, and we're continually churning and thinking and thinking and thinking. And I was getting some stuff in and I had a grass called Ceteria palmifolia. Do you know it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. When that's well grown, it really does look like the palm fronds. And it yeah. is a fantastic grass, and it, it's just done so well. I put it, would you believe, in a window box so people can see into my laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I suddenly thought, what could I do with this? I need to do something else with this. And I thought that if I, along the front of a border, I could plant it as specimens because they hold themselves so well. Um, and you could do the same thing with bananas. Yeah. But I want to carpet my, my ground underneath. And what could I carpet with? Well, I thought I could use that, that little trailing lysimatia, um, the, the lime-leaved one in shady areas. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. sunny areas, you could use that, that oxalis yeah. called sunset. I mean, I know it's not hardy, yeah. but it roots, it roots just like, yeah. like nothing easy as anything. But I think the carpet of that underneath would look right, really rather good. Yeah. Actually, having having a carpet for them to grow out of, where they where they're really kind of framed and highlighted. Um, yeah. I remember seeing a picture in with Chanticleer Gardens in America and their teacup garden, which is amazing. But they had well, I'm going to talk about this banana, the black stem banana, in a few minutes. But they had they had just these black stem bananas, well spaced, but the planting was really low yeah. in the whole garden and. It was so effective and I don't know, I just stood in my memory. So yeah, yeah, I'm getting fed up. <laughs> I'm getting fed up with closure, luckily. Um, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be 50 in two weeks time. So I'm kind of, maybe I'm just clearing, I'm a big clearing out phase of my life, I think. <laughs> no, I think you do go through periods where you actually just want to cut back to minimalize everything. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it yeah. will come back. It will come back. You'll get cluttered again. Don't worry. Well, yeah, I think we're probably all naturally maximalists. So from personal experience, if I ever try to cut back and go minimalist, it, it never lasts. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So. I do love the idea of you sitting in this room, absolutely crowded in with plants for show and tell, saying, yeah, I'm going to strip everything back. <laughs> Get rid of the clutter. Um, but yeah, you have alluded to these amazing plants that are surrounding you. So do you want to start with the bananas for your show and tell? Yeah, why not? Um, there are two bananas that I've grown from seed and, and quite easy to grow bananas from seed if you sow the, soak the seed for 24 hours. Uh, in warm water and then so at 30 degrees celsius uh but it's this black black stem banana so you see the black stems on this banana yep wow well that you maybe know it's, uh, it's attila black no i don't but attila black yeah, as, like as it grows the black black it's getting really black halfway up and then it's getting really silver here yeah a yeah. nice kind of tinnish leaves they're not um yeah, and there's kind of a bluey sheen off them as well, or a grey blue sheen off them. 
but it's used quite a bit in America, but it doesn't seem to be used in this part of the world. And that's only um, a year and a half old from seed, and it's nearly well, six, six foot. Yeah, um, brilliant. So it's a fantastic banana. It's just a little bit different than the usual Musa Basjo. And um, the other one I grow is this, this. I just pulled it up here this morning <laughs> upstairs. Is Manipur. Oh, 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 stripey. Yeah. What's, it, what's it called, Jimmy? Manipur. And there's some lovely stripey leaf bananas. But again, that's only a year and a half old as well. It's huge. Um, the other one that I grow, but it was just too big to try and pull up the stairs on my own. And the dogs were getting nervous. They thought I was losing the plot again. <laughs> um, is Bengal tiger. Bengal tiger is really worth getting. It's got really definite stripes on the leaves, dark stri stripes on the leaves. And there is there is a, an exotic plant nursery in England. Mm, not going to think of the name. They, they sometimes have it. But this Bengal tiger one I got from um, Plant Delights in America years ago at a um, very large cost because getting plants over from America is not cheap. Uh, but it's definitely worth keeping an eye out for just different bananas. Now, the classroom is packed full of the red leaf banana at the moment. Um, it's I was selling them and I just kept taking them out of the plant sales. So there's about, I don't know, there's about 100 of them in the classroom packed. Um, and I had to put a dehumidifier in there to stop stop the it was so wet <laughs> i was afraid the lazarus would fall <laughs> uh, but anyway that's my banana phase but it's just like it is worth growing them from seeds because they're they're, they're very easy but don't sow them in autumn i i did it <laughs> a, a friend of mine said i loads of seed and he said oh just sow it in the autumn if they die they die and if they live they live well they died um <laughs> I had about 70 of them up, like lovely ones, but it's very hard to get them through the winter. So sow them in spring. And it's quite big seeds. Um, they're like little marbles. Yeah, they're big seeds, yeah. Yeah. It could have been, there's a website called Rare Palms. I'm sure you know it. Uh, yeah. Rare Palms. Could have been that website. They have they have a huge amount of seeds. Will I, will I jump to a few salvias? Oh, a, let's have some color. salvias. You have been, I mean, anyone who doesn't, follow your Instagram is insane. They need to follow you and they need to just watch all your videos because it's an education in wonderful plants, but it's just good for the soul. Your yeah. sort of sunrise walks and these beautiful views of you know, the early morning light going through your garden, yeah. it, it just makes the whole day better. Uh, <laughs> I, lo I love doing it. It's not doing the Instagram. It's never, it's never a chore really. It's enjoy doing it. You know, it's nice to share it. And I get that sunrise coming through the garden that I'm, I'm really lucky to have. I don't particularly get the sunset, but I get a really good sunrise. And the other day you had a whole handful of amazing salvias. Yeah, yeah. Well, like we've had we've had no frost yet. Like this is uh, this is well into or it's into November now and no frost in Ireland or where I live is ama amazing. But the, I think the best flower in the whole garden right now is salvia in Volucratum Bouton. B-O-U-T-I-N. Oh. And it is like 10 foot tall. It flowers, uh, starts flowering kind of sometime in August, maybe mid-August, September, October, and it'll go on probably to the end of November. It's hardy. Ooh. And it, it is, if I was only to choose one plant, well, no, no, but uh, one salvia to grow in the garden, it'd be this one because it, it's, and it's a big plant, like it's, 
you do need a bit of space for it. But I was always bringing them in and um, Salvi Man, I can't remember his name now, he told me, you know, he said, oh no, that's Root Hardy, so there's no problem leaving that out. So it's you just cut it back in spring. But in, it's spectacular salvia, and it's got that lovely, oh, it's gorgeous, kind of sweet citrusy scent off it. Easy, easy from cuttings as well. I'll have to do a few cuttings. <laughs> I think, yeah, Alan would be biting your hand off to get hold of that from the look on his face. Well, I would because it's a, because I do love very big salvias. I've got a very big, hardy blue one, which I think may be called discolour. I'm not sure. Would it be con colour? Con colour. Yeah, that's con the one. Color. Yeah. Oh, hello. Have you have you got that? You no, know, I don't have it anymore. You didn't like yeah. it. I know I do. I love it. And I saw it in a garden recently. It flowers incredibly late here if it if it actually flowers. Uh, but I, actually that's probably an old story I'm telling now. I should just try it again. Um, well, my my my, my con colour starts flowering <laughs> probably in July, Jimmy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you you should have yeah. some of mine. Yeah. I mean, it might be an early flowering clone. I don't might know. Might be, yeah. And the other one that I grow that's just very tall, which I love, is Atrocyania. Yeah. I, I I have grown it, and I'm not sure. What height is it? Um, six, nine feet. All right. Is it? Wow. Yep. Wow. Hardy, big, fat tuber under the ground. Oh, it's hardy as well. Yeah. I'm writing notes. <laughs> it, it grows at York Gate in, in Leeds. You know York Gate? York Gate, yeah. I haven't been to York Gate, actually. Oh, you must go sometime. Next time you're here, if you get the chance, go. It's well worth it. But yeah. they, they, they grow it there, and that's where my cutting came from. Um, uh-huh. And Ben Preston, the head gardener there, I mean, he's yeah. become quite a friend of mine, actually. Yeah, um, I know Ben, yeah. yeah. yeah he, he gave me the, the cutting of it, and when he came down, he said, where's that salvia? <laughs> and I said, here, look. <laughs> and it was. It was way up there. So it, And, yeah. and I've got... Several bits of it in the garden yeah. at the moment, but um, it's a bit, it, it flowers from about August onwards. Right. Uh, and it's still flowering okay. now, but the great thing is it's a blue flower, but to me, it's the calyx that it leaves behind, because as the sort of flowers lengthen, yeah. the lime green calyx gets bigger and bigger, just like a great big fat caterpillar up in the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. lovely, I yeah. love it. It is, it's spectacular. I, I know it's, yeah. I must just check do I still have it. This one here now doesn't look that spectacular in this light. It's called Ping Pong. <laughs> and it's the Salvia guy down near Tunbridge Wells, William Dyson. Yeah. Because I said to him, I was at one of the plant fairs and I said to him, okay, what's, what should I have? Salvia. And he said, you have to grow Salvia Ping Pong. And it's it's a really big plant. It's a huge big plant for, that, these, for a Salvia like this. But it's still in full, full flower. And it's flowered since early summer non-stop it's fantastic fantastic and the other thing is it's at the end of the sand garden it's not getting as much light uh, as the rest of the sand garden and it's doing perfect so it's definitely worth growing ping pong and are those flowers like a really strong pink there is strong pinky red yeah yeah that's uh, no that's on the list Quite a lot of salvia flomo coming up today. And yeah. the salvia patents guanahato. Yeah. Um, it's the biggest of the blue salvias of the, of the patents. Um, and it's still in full flower in the sand garden. I chanced it out last year uh, for the winter and it came back perfectly. Um, but I don't, I don't even feel like digging them up yet. It's forecast. Like it's a beautiful day today. I couldn't be bothered digging them up yet. 
doing the cuttings of them, you need to do them early. You don't, if you do them late, if you do them in August, September, they haven't formed a tuber for the winter and yeah. they, they rot during the winter, like a lot of salvia goodens. But that is, do you grow that one? No, I don't, but it's on my list for this year. I saw it somewhere. Um, so it's on my list. And the only person I know that has it at the moment is, is Derry Watkins does seed of it. But I don't know whether William, do, William Dyson does. Um... I didn't know it produced seed. Well, I don't know where she gets the seed from, but she does it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yay! Jimmy, you've got seed. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk afterwards. <laughs> um, Salvia uh, elegance, Sarhan's red. So Salvia elegance, they're completely hardy. It's like the pineapple sage. Then you have one, I have one called Tangerine, which is a beautiful yeah. red. But the deepest, deepest red of the ball is one called Sarhan's red. Beautiful plant um, and totally, totally hardy. And I just cut them back in the in the spring. I just think, I think that's really good. Such an, such, such an intense red for this time of year. I remember growing salvia elegance years and years ago, and it never did come into flower because the, the autumns were just too short. And then the winter came and it cut it off. But today we don't have that. Try it again. So many people say that about this plant. And I always say, just give it a go again, because it's, yeah. it's just quite a few different elegance. But I think this one is the best. Yeah, because um, it's just such a bright red, and there's loads of flowers still to come out on that. So that should go on until December. Yeah, I think it's really a really good one. What else do I have here? <laughs> it's like some <laughs> sort of salvia treasure trove below the screen. <laughs> oh, here, this one. Um, salvia curvy flora. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh, it's so good. Is that hardy with you? I haven't tried it out. Have you tried it? I tried it out last year, left it out against the south-facing wall, and it came back beautifully. Ah, but I don't know whether it'd do it in, in the open garden. I mean, that was against a wall. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, as the weather gets colder, it gets better. Yeah, like it does. So good at the moment. And, like, I, I only dug them up the other day, and uh, they would have been so good still out in the garden if you just knew you weren't going to get a sneaky night of frost. But um, like they only go into the cold tunnels, they never get heat or anything. Um, easy from seed, easy from cuttings, doesn't form seeds. Um, salvia curvy flora, and uh, again, it's it's finding those big salvias that will actually grow in borders and not get cluttered out by everything else. Then again, my new life, my new minimalist life, is, <laughs> <laughs> don't have to worry about things like that. <laughs> What do we say next? Will I go into the woodland a little bit? The Corydalis? Oh, yes. yes. I, two, I collect Corydalis. I was giving a talk to a hardy plant society on Zoom. Was it last year? Oh, I get so mixed up. When did Brexit happen? It was the year before. It must have been the year before. <laughs> and um, I dropped some hints at those sorts of talks, just in case there's somebody in the audience that we need to be friends. And uh, there was a Corydalis collector. He's a national collection. And he sent me a box of different Corydalis. That was nice. Oh, that was the nicest present to get. Yeah. Um, so I, I was like catapulted into collecting Corydalis then. Um, and I'm lucky. It's it's an easy garden to grow Corydalis. To be the woodland beds don't dry out. And these new woodland beds is where the Corydalis collection is now. So it's nice, fresh soil. It's not been taken over by invasive weeds or anything. So what's still in flower with the Corydalis? Blue Summit. Blue Summit 
it's a beautiful blue. It's gone a little bit lighter now, but it's 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 the fact that it flowers nonstop from spring right through into winter. And it looks quite woody, Jimmy. Yeah, it is. It's it's a good strong plant because as a, there's so many of these blue ones, and they're not they're not all good doers. They don't bulk up as well, but this one really bulks up. Uh, Calicosa is another one that like really spreads crazy. Well, crazy. It spreads a lot. The corn's purple. Porcelain blue is another beautiful one. Still flowering in the garden. Porcelain blue. Oh, you'd love porcelain blue. It's a beautiful colour. But um, I think the thing with Corydalis and Stephanie is, is watching them during the summer that soil doesn't get too dry. Yeah. And if it gets too dry, they're going to go dormant and they'll eventually just disappear. So plenty of compost on them and easy from division. But I think one of the most exciting ones that this man sent me was this, and I know very little about it. And it's flowering non-stop since spring. It's called Corydalis Terracina. It's one of the most beautiful plants in the garden here, I think. Now, looking at it here, it might just look like a weedy, a weedy kind of Corydalis. But these <laughs> yellow little tubular flowers, they've kind of an apricot pink on the ends of them. And it's flowering since springtime, like looking completely perfect still. And it has this lovely leaf like um like a fern nearly. Oh yeah, good. And it's tall, it's about three, three foot tall. I haven't propagated it yet. I always get nervous when I have something really special that when you Google it, you can't find any information. Um so I imagine I'll be able to divide it, but it's just in full flower. I don't want to divide it yet. But it's it's worth if if you can ever get it, it's just a fantastic. Because I think anything in a woodland garden or a shady garden that will actually extend the seasons is a really important plant. And that's what this is doing. Um, and then it's it's surrounded by the snowdrop collection. I went crazy with snowdrops last winter. And I think since I talked to you last, I was I became completely obsessed. <laughs> and I'm so excited because I haven't seen most a lot of the new ones. So they're they're uh, it, it actually makes me excited for January, which is really unusual for me. Um, to be excited in Ireland in January. <laughs> well, that might be one of the best things about uh, getting into snowdrops. And I'm I'm speaking from, I won't allow myself to get into them because I don't feel like I have the area to really look after them and they'll be precious and they'll probably cost quite a lot of money. So I'm, I'm not allowing myself to go down that slippery slope, but it is the best thing that come the darkest, dankest, nastiest months, there are all these exciting things appearing. It is. And there's a lovely community then. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's that, that time of year, I think it's I think snowdrops are really important for your mental health. I think I think you can't underestimate them. I mean, I'm really want to get the woodland beds cleaned now so that they're, they're nice and clean, ready for the snowdrops to start peeping. Because I'm I'm sure I bought early flowered ones, I can't even remember. There's there's so many out there now. Uh, <laughs> but it is that anticipation, isn't it? And um and then meeting the other crazy snowdrop people. Uh, <laughs> well anybody who hasn't met any crazy snowdrop people if you head back i'll link to it in the video uh, head back to our galanthophile special with valborn and uh, brian ellis showing us some of their favorites in snowdrop season uh, i saw earlier. that one it's excellent <laughs> excellent i must go back and look at it because i've started started buying more how um, many do you think you have now i don't know i didn't i haven't counted i'm not going to either <laughs> I, I just, funny, just, thing is, funny thing is, Jimmy, you'll be surprised because we all are, I think, because when Joe Sharman asked me if I'd ho host a snowdrop day here, 
I said, I haven't got enough different varieties of snowdrop in the garden, Joe. I can't because, you know, that it, it would be a con to get people to come and try and look at my snowdrops. So he went around the garden with me and he said, I'm up to 170 now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I was asked to do to open for a tour, a Dutch tour on the 10th of February. I thought, oh, the thoughts of having the garden tidy for the 10th of February. But anyway, I have committed to it and I'm also going to now this is really committing now when I say it on this I'm going to open probably the third week in February for snowdrops um but uh, you've got to try it you've got to try it I mean as you 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 touched on something a little while ago and you said it's so nice to share it with everyone and that is the point and I think you know and and we talked you mentioned a little bit about mental well-being and all that kind of thing well a garden is the place to heal yourself so you know absolutely don't worry about don't worry about it if there's a little bit of mess you know, yeah. or something's not tidied up. I mean, it's real. It's a, it's real life. It's a real garden. Yeah, that's it's so true. And at that time of year, it'll be different than opening in the summer. It's a different. You know, when you when you meet the snowdrop, it is a different yeah. thing at that time of year. That, that, yeah, it nourishes you, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay, now I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, so pulmonarias. This oh, one, well, look at the size of those leaves, man. <laughs> fabulous, I'd say. This one is called Stealing Fleeced Meg. Yeah. And I just love the markings on the leaves. I think the, the blo whatever it's called, blotches of silver, whatever they're called. But this is just gorgeous. And I've divided and I've kind of repeated it, oops, repeated in the woodland, one of the new woodland beds. And I just think there's some very choice pulmonarias out there. And they're really good early interest, a great um, early nectar for the bees. And the very ordinary one, the red one called Red Start. Yeah. It's really good early nectar for bees. And it starts flowering here in January. You just have to watch that they're not too big. Like if you're growing snowdrops and special things around, that they're not kind of spreading out on top, too much on top of those sort of plants. But this is worth keeping an eye out for stealing, stealing fleet mag. Jimmy, have you ever thought of over over sowing some of your woodland beds? Over sowing? Yeah. What do you mean? Well, I was at a talk with um, Tom Stewart Smith the other day. Oh, yeah. And he was he was describing how he'd um, planted an area called Arcadia at um, in Derbyshire at Chatsworth House. Oh, and yeah. We, we over sowed some of the large perennial plantings that we did with plants like primrose seed, like primroses and cowslips. And he said the primroses came up so well, they were like whopping great cabbages on the ground. But he said normally do it in the second year, but because of the time they're taking to do it, they had to do it the first year after planting. And I just never, never heard of that before. And I just wanted no. to do that. No. And like, what, would they have other plants there as well? Or bulbs? Yeah, they did it with, I mean, where the soil was moist, they oversold with various primulas. Oh, um, yeah. But they, they had great drifts of perennials that they planted. I mean, you know, like 300 hookers or something, yeah. which the Nova so with something else. Hey, interesting. I just, I just sort of thought this is, this has got, this is food for thought, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Because with any of those woodland beds, it's so important to kind of get the ground covered because that, for me anyway, they get very weedy very quickly. Exactly. You, you kind of forget about them in summer and that's when, when the weeds spread in them. The next project, it's not going to happen this year, but there's still some lawn left heading into the valley or down down the bottom of the garden. And it's quite a big area, but I'm going to turn it all into woodland beds so that I have like a huge woodland beds. And I want yeah. 
one of the things that I, is a real passion is woodland plants and, and early spring flowering plants. And rather than just having a good few big beds, I want to have loads. And yeah. I, want, you know, and I want to grow old collecting those plants. So <laughs> you should also grow old writing about them, you know, Jimmy, because your experience of of um, woodland gardening is almost second to none, I think. And you know. <laughs> You are so interested in rarities that if people knew more about them, they probably wouldn't be so rare because they, you know, they become more widely known. And I think the other thing I noticed from you is that, I mean, you just said it today, was it's so important with Corydalis, still blooming into November, will be blooming in December if the weather's not too too cruel. That's so important. Yeah, and I just really identifying those like there. You know, I probably have 70 different corridors, but just identifying what, what are the best three out of that yeah, that should, yeah. be, should be in the trade and should be growing more and how to grow them, where to grow them, you know. Yeah. Business opportunity for you, Jim. <laughs> I know, I know. I swear I'm not going to write next year. I just, I've just finished Gardens Illustrated, um, and of which it was lovely to write it. It was lovely to read it, Jimmy, I tell you. First oh, thing, you like... every time I thought, God, where does this man find this stuff from? <laughs> Oh, it was such a lovely article to write, actually. It was the perfect one. But it'd be nice now not to write anything next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a massive, massive magnolia. Um, and it's down, down in the valley. Now, it's a very long name. It's a cross. So it's magnolia macrophylla subspecies ashii cross macro, magnolia subspecies delbata. Because I actually took a picture of the label in Wisley on Saturday morning, so that I had, I was definitely sure of the name. But it is, it is enormous. It's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's silver underneath. It's the, it's the largest leaf of the magnolias. And I'm kind of, I have a bit of a collection of large leaf magnolias in the valley. And it's so nice that they're actually turning into trees now. And they're only in a few years, but. God, the excitement yesterday when I went down there, grumpy as hell, and just and looked up and I just saw the autumn colour on some of the um the Delbata. Yeah, it would be Delbata maybe, and a few other ones that Triloba. But this is the best one. I got this in Pan Global Plants good few a few years ago. But it has these massive, massive flowers in sporadically in the summer and huge, huge, huge flowers. And they you can miss them because they only last a day. So in the morning, if I'm walking down there, I'd only see, only see them twice. Uh, they'll, they'll start to open in the morning, but by afternoon, I remember last year, I went down with the camera to photograph it. It was completely open and full of, oh my God, so many insects in there having a, having a party. Um, a beautiful scent offered. But it's definitely one worth, if, if you're able to get it, it's spectacular leaf. And to have those silver leaves. And what's lovely at the moment is the odd one is just falling off. It's it's eventually deciduous. It'll be they'll be lost by December probably. And uh, they lie on the path. And it's just so lovely. Sometimes I just go for a walk to look at leaves and look at the, the undersides of leaves. It's a very relaxing thing to do. Rather than blowing the leaves off the path, um, these leaves look lovely sitting on the top of beach beech leaves. Oh. Um, so that's that one. Um, <laughs> I have a lovely hydrangea here and this this one here is it's got huge huge leaves and it's called Aspera cookie K-O-K-I cookie and I got it from a Japanese nursery 
that sends plants uh, to Ireland, but it's spectacular. And it's, I think it's a better one than the, is it, is the one called chocolate? Chocolate something? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yeah. Uh, I think this has got just more vibrancy to it. Like it's a really yeah. wine color, huge leaves. Hasn't actually flowered for me, but it doesn't really matter because it's such a good foliage plant. It's, it's spectacular. Now, it's one of those plants I've got to do cuttings of. So again, I, I definitely need to propagate that one because I've never seen it anywhere. No. Uh, definitely work growing and it's it's interesting to see like none of these aspers are doing that well that in the valley because we're getting drier and the, the banks of the valley are getting they're really getting drier very dry in summer and this is in one of the new woodland beds and it's lovely rich soil and it looks really happy but just shows me you know important to get them into decent soil at the start when they're young anyway um they just don't look well down the valley they're kind of tattered and sickly looking um now this really spiky plant here is is um it's a xanthoxin. And <laughs> it's yeah, xanthoxin. And it flowers for for months, but the flowers are on the stems. Do you see those red flowers yes. on the stems? Uh, very good for insect life. Uh, some of the xanthoxins are really spectacular, but the, the trunk on this now is, is it has these huge big um horns on it. I love really vicious plants. Um, and this is really vicious. The back of the leaves, they all have a little thorn. You go to have a sniff and you get caught in the nose. It's a thorn. It's these kind of hooks that pull you in. Uh, and it's a perfect plant to plant on the edge of the path to the public. Definitely not a very safe one. But it's just that it flowers. And, and having it near the path, actually, I get to see the flowers. And uh, it's in full flower. I mean, it's not. it wouldn't be like winning awards for its floral exuberance or anything but I think it's really nice uh, and I like I like that sort of leaf it's a real like yeah, fondness for for that sort of leaf and also you can prune that these sort of plants and let light in and they don't have big you know the, the light gets through them so that's definitely one worth worth keeping an eye out for um tidy up my here oh Oh, it's spiky. Well, like, <laughs> like this acer. Now I've done a lot of posts on Instagram about it. It is, it is just unbelievable. It's just acer Ozakazuki, but there's a really big one out in the garden that I got when I came here as a quite a big plant, and it was such a good investment because it's one of the, it it is the best plant for color. It, and it's it's just happening over the last few weeks, and I don't know. It's been it's it's been a real uh, every day. I kind of get up to look at it. I've had a tough few weeks. My mum went into a nursing home only two weeks ago, and it's funny. This plant has it's like I've gone through the journey of the last few weeks, and this plant has been changing color each day, and there's been just something about it every day. Like my mum is starting to settle a little bit now, and. Every day I look out at the plants and it's getting redder and redder and redder. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's 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 been such a part of the last few weeks. This 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 tree, uh, and today it's at its best. I think it's like massive red. Very ordinary ordinary acer, easy to get. But that that there's nothing wrong with ordinary as long as it's a good plant. No, we've got we've got one called October Glory. October Glory, okay. Yeah, but but the thing is. You know, she's a little bit of a liar because she doesn't colour up until November. 
I must, I must keep an eye out for it. I don't know. Like you, we bought a large one as an, as an investment. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's well worth it. Well worth it. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it. And um, the best plant for berries at the moment in the garden is, is this, is the viburnum betula folium. Yeah. It is unbelievable. We collected this in China and but the thing is, you need to have a few of them to get the berries. And there's only a friend of mine came for lunch yesterday and he, he was looking at it. He's like, why is my one so poor? It only has a few berries. And I was like, well, how many do you have? And he said, one. I said, you won't. You get very few berries if you only have one. It is, it is the best plant for berries, I think. Like it's, and we've, it's 19 years old now. It's down near the car park. But we've trained it into kind of a, a weeping, a weeping uh, multi-stem shrub. Um, and when when these are hanging off, it's just gorgeous. And the berries last until spring as well. They look no. so they look so edible there. They do. They look sure like you not. wear them. They're so like glistening <laughs> and like yeah. something that you would just have as jewelry. Yeah, I just always. I look, yourself. I'm always thinking of earrings. Even though I die. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my my Christmas day earrings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> it's quite the look. Goes well with the shirt as well. Goes well with the shirt, yeah. <laughs> Go well in the village. Um, yeah, so that's the Viburnum. Like, I mean, again, there's loads of plants that are okay for berries here. But again, it's identifying what's the very best for berries and maybe getting, yeah. rid, of, getting rid of other plants that just... You're trying to grow them for berries and they're not producing enough. Um, the phytolacca. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Oh. There's a story to that, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thunder, you see, Thordy, she bought one and then she was worried that she didn't have enough room for it. So she gave it to me. I, I think I bought it actually, didn't yeah, I? Well, yeah, I was buying it and then you bought it instead. Also, I don't yeah. really have anywhere to protect it. I didn't want to kill it over the winter. So well, you I, had it instead. I don't know whether yours is hardy, Jimmy, is it? Well, I have I haven't left them out, but like this one, I'm gonna leave this one out because I brought in a few and it's huge and it's in full flower and very still. Yeah, yeah. Well mine Mine is still outside and I'm I'm waiting to see whether we can get any seed from it. I don't know whether we will, but if I get frost, I'm going to cut it up and make cuttings. Yes, they grow from cuttings. Like if you look at it, do you have berries like that on them now? Yes, they do. Yeah. yeah, well, then I would collect them because like, you know, I'll wait even a few more weeks until they go a little bit darker. But yeah. like they're very easy to grow from seed in the spring. What do you call this one? Fight a lack, a lack of boom. Lack of boom. Yeah, like I bought this one as Fight a lack of Isosandra. <laughs> I saw, I always oh. say I saw Sandra to remember the yeah. name. But um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's different. Like it's, it looks fairly well, your, Yours looks infinitely larger than mine, I have to say. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> as I swiftly move on to the next <laughs> And um, I probably did this the last time I spoke to you. Oh. Hardline in devising. I don't think we did. Oh, I'm so envious. Uh. Oh, good, good, good. Um, I've got one plant. I mean, I had 
I had about seven seedlings and I, they just died one after the other. And I got one plant um, and I, I want to try it in sheltered woodland, which is what I think they like. Um, but I don't know whether I dare put it out yet or whether I'll probably wait till the spring now anyway. Wait till um, the spring, but they're, they've been totally hardy with me. Totally, totally hardy. I have a really big cordyline behind one of the bamboos and it's in a lot of shades. Yeah. The leaf on it. <laughs> and that's a really cool leaf on it. It's grown beside um, Lindra triloba. But they're the sort of plant that either likes or doesn't like you. And they can just suddenly kick up their heels and die. Yeah, uh, I've, I'm lucky. I think they, they like the climate here. Um, they're getting big. I planted a good few in the valley a few years ago, but a tree fell and squashed three of them and killed them. Uh, but I have two really big ones down the valley. But then we have young ones coming on that were planted a year ago, right through it. So they're kind of a team plant going through the valley with shepherds and big leaf magnolias. Um, but I would say to anyone, just try it, try it. But well, I suppose what where it's doing well for me is well drained, sheltered, um, semi shade. But I know one of mine just turned yellow in the middle of the summer this year. I thought, oh God, please don't let this happen to the others because this it can just happen. I remember there was a really yeah. big one in the garden a few years ago, just turned yellow in the summer and died. But it is the most beautiful cordyline in Devisa, and it's got these lovely pink or, or orange midrib. Um. It's spectacular. Now, I have a seed tray full of them up, loads of seedlings. I'm so nervous that I didn't prick them out this summer. I should have probably pricked out some of them at least. So hopefully they last through the winter because there must be, there's a few hundred in it. Oh. <laughs> um, what else do I have? Oh, yeah, the cactus. Uh, is, that, is that significant in any way, Jimmy? <laughs> you know what? It was one of the one of the customers in the garden this summer pointed this one out to me. I, I had never noticed its um, its 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 appearance before. Um, but anyway, it's uh, I I use these a lot. Cactus Straussii, and I get them in the local garden centre. Well, I got them off Cactus Man first, but the local garden centre sell them as little plants. Yeah, uh, uh, two euro or something they were. And they grow really quickly. Um, but I use them, uh, planted out in the garden in the summer. And I know they're not everyone's cup of tea because I, I even got the comment the other day, oh, I don't like what you're doing with cactus. And straight away, I kind of got a little bit defensive. I was like, I don't care whether you like it. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Do you know whose garden this is? May I remind you it's mine and not yours? <laughs> yeah. well, that's a bit of fun with them. I, I mean, they're definitely... And they're, what they do, they like to be out for the summer. They don't mind a wet summer. Uh, they're from high up in Argentina and Bolivia. So they really, really do in our climate. Uh, and then I bring them in and I do all these different pots of them in the house. Or I did a big cattle trough up here in the kitchen last year. Uh, so I get to enjoy them every month of the year. And I just think they're, they're a great plant. Clysocactus straussii. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a bit fun. <laughs> and we were talking about the light in your garden. There are some wonderful sort of shots and videos, of the light catching those little yeah. needles. Because like any of those verticals, uh, you think of any spires in the garden, sangasorbas, acteas, they're all the plants that really uh, light up like candles nearly in, in sunrise or sunset. So the more spires, and a spire like that is, is lighting up already. 
And then when you put the sun on it, if they're fantastic at sunrise. And uh, nobody really sees them at sunrise except me and the dogs. But oh well, and and my videos on Instagram. <laughs> what else do I have here? What I love is as the year goes on, I feel like the guests show and tell gets better and better. I feel like there's more in every video. It's fantastic. Well, I was, I was thinking, God, I'm going to do it in the summer when there was loads of colour, but actually it was very, you know, there's always something, isn't there? <laughs> this is the new chef for it. Um, it's it's shwilly, shwilly and, and it's a cutting. Um, and it's very like chef for Taiwaniana, but it has the, the, the leaves kind of curve downwards so you get this beautiful kind of structure to it uh and they they can be quite shiny the leaves as well um this is a cutting and it's only about if it's even two years old good good that's all that looks like that nearly looks like all of this year's growth they've grown huge in the valley this year what did you do with that what will you do with that in the winter so basically what i do with the shepherds is for the first few years are, they are, I do bring them into the classes or the tunnel. Yeah. So they're out in the planting, the maybe exotic planting or in they're woven through perennial planting or cactus or whatever. And then probably in their third year, they're put down in the in the in the valley. Yeah. So this one, I have one big plant of this, and it's just gone out for its first year. Uh, but I wanted to be sure to have one propagated in case it dies. Uh, yeah. But once like we always have to think, you know, once the wood hardens on plants yeah. like this anything that's a little bit borderline what and what happens with a radiation as well is they put on lake growth that's quite soft heading into winter and especially those young plants you yeah. know but that's quite soft still so i'll just leave that in the tunnel i mean i, I suppose i have the luxury of doing that i have somewhere to bring them in and well all those coatings now are done in pure sand the shepherds and they are really good uh, we we had a batch um Ross, one of the volunteers, did a, he, he won't be impressed me telling you this. Uh, he did a batch of shepherd cuttings and they all died. And we were we were like, okay, let's try and learn. What what happened here? Something happened. And we think we we he compacted the sand too much. I he said he pushed it down. I said, no, no, I don't even push the sand down. So we think that's what it was. Maybe don't compact the sand and don't keep it too wet as well. You have to remember sand actually keeps moisture. Yeah. So you, you tend to think you over water when you're doing cuttings in sand. It's not like perlite. Um, that's schwilliensis. Looks like it's got a lovely stem colour, that. Yes, it's got a gorgeous stem colour, actually. Yeah. Uh, this is a lovely budlia. Oh. <laughs> I want to see the mess of my head. <laughs> <laughs> hey. This is, this is budlia speciosima. And budlia speciosima is, is silver. It's got narrow leaves, but what's beautiful about it is it has long orange tubular flowers. I just got it. You just got it. I got it from Pan Global this year. That's where I got it. That's gas. <laughs> there, there's, there are two. There are two forms of it. I got one of each to try. Um, mm. One has flowered and one hasn't yet. Um, they're in the greenhouse at, at the moment. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what you did with your schleffer. I'm going to take cuttings before I put them out. So I've got an air and a spare. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're very easy to do cuttings from. Um, but the flowers, and the flowers gorgeous on them. Yes, yes, they are. Fantastic. It's from Brazil, so I'm, I'm not sure how hard it would be, but oh, sometimes no. you just don't care. Um, you just have to have it. It's doing well. I'm sure it's going to form seed. 
But again, I did the cuttings in the pure sand. See, we this year, because um, we, we recorded a lot of online courses in the garden, but for the last year, Aidy, my friend, followed me doing propagation for a year in the garden. So that's, that, that's spurred me on to try so many plants, propagate them. So if anyone would like to do the propagation course on my website, <laughs> at your leisure over a year. <laughs> Um, Excellent seamless plug, Jimmy. I'm very impressed. I know. That is the sort of thing that we want courses in. I mean, we've obviously uh, over on our channel, we've tried to do little bits and bobs to help people if they want yeah. to uh, propagate things. But to really get stuck down to the nitty gritty of propagation, in the end, it's what all like real gardeners are most excited about. And there are lots of tips and tricks, and it's lovely to be able to, to share yeah. a worthwhile investment. Yeah, no, I love, I love, I've always loved propagation. It's just, it's the way to learn about plants, isn't it? When I started seriously getting into propagation, Christopher Lloyd was my great mentor. Um, and, you know, the, the early books, The Adventurous Gardener and whatever the other one was. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to describe how he could, you know, propagate plants for something as simple as lavender, shall we say, to other slightly more difficult things. Um so it's, it's, I'm yeah. going to do this, Jimmy. I'm going to come on the course with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Probably two days ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. This here is, looks a bit like a polonia. But it's got this beautiful, now this growth, it kind of, this is bronzy usually in the summer. Huge leaves. It's podocanium. Immenses. It's a real Mike, Mike. You know, like um, Clifford. Clifford. Oh my God! I got to meet Mike. We, um, I was in desert to jungle plants a few weeks ago, and um, when I arrived, um, oh whatever his name is, that owns it, said to me, "Oh, Mike is here." I was like, oh my God! <laughs> oh, okay. that, I, I think Mike's just the best. Uh, and but anyway, this is a real Mike plant, Podocanium immensus. It's the giant daisy tree, and. Nice smell off the leaves, actually. But it's like Polonia, but really soft leaves. But what it's it's the new growth is kind of a bronzy color, which is gorgeous. And it can be colored. Well, um, it is a bit tender, all right. But I saw these grown in Mount Stewart Gardens in the north, and they have they had massive big leaves. So if you're really looking for that tropical effect, and I just love that name, the, the giant daisy tree. So many of those kind of cool big um, like the dandelion tree, the chrysanthemum tree that I grow, you know, a lot of those Central American um, cloud forest plants, really, really interesting. So yeah, that's that one. Um, it doesn't like it in here, it's too warm for it, I'd say. The heat, what else do I have here? Um, oh, a lovely hardy shrub here, gorgeous colour. And it, it, it's got a really lovely mix of yellow and, and um green and slight bit of red and it's viburnum righti and i always think there's so many good viburnums good plants that just do their thing without any fuss and i was looking at it yesterday there's a few berries on it i said aha i need a few more of them so a friend was here and we were, we were planning a trip to there's an amazing nursery a wholesale nursery in the midlands of ireland called ravensburg uh, and it's only it's only wholesale they're fairly uh, but they sell to a lot of the garden centres. And it's a lot of plants that you see in pan-global plants. 
So we're going on a road trip next week. <laughs> now that's uh, a birthday present. That's a way to celebrate your <laughs> birthday. The empathians. You see the empathians on the back of the leaves. Which one is that? It's balsamate. Somebody told me it's balsamate, and I meant to Google it before I started this to see was that definitely correct. But it doesn't actually flower with me, but it has these amazing leaves. And I don't know how hardy, it's probably quite hardy. Um, but it, it's not just beautiful, the back of those leaves. It's a really handsome plant. It's about four foot high. Um, but I think a very good, it'd be great in your planting, Alan, you know, planting out even just for the summer. Exactly. Um, it's, it's spectacular. Um, I, I don't know what sort of flower it has because I've never seen the flower. But uh, there's so many good empathians. Um, and quite a few of them now I've left out. And it's amazing how hardy they actually are. Um, prize me. Um, so I have the lovely, and I might have mentioned it the last time I was on with you, the Oreopanics apitatus. This is like a giant ivy. Massively and shiny. It's so, it's so okay. shiny. Yeah. It's fantastic. And you know, this is cutting as well. A lot of those Aureliaceae do really well from cuttings. You wouldn't expect it. It's got big, big leaves. And what I do with cuttings now is I take on a lot of the leaf. So I don't do any of that taking off leaves and chopping leaves in half or pinching out cuttings. I'm doing cuttings very differently now. I'm trying to get more photosynthesis happening with cuttings rather than stopping transpiration. Yeah. Um, and it's working with these. I think, you know, a big leaf like this needs the light of it to make them produce roots and really trying to avoid pinching out cuttings as well. Um, that's my thing at the moment. Anyway, well, <laughs> Oreopanix capitalis is probably Central America as well. Big tree, but it's planted out. Uh, mostly, are, I have a good few Oreopanix. They are tender, they're worth it. Um, it reminds this, me a little bit of Pseudopanax latus. It's it's kind of like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've a lot of pseudopanics lately here, and down through the valley, we have crown lifted them, lifted, lifted the crowns, and they're other. Oh, it's a, it's one of the best evergreens. But uh, they they're really huge plants, Jimmy, aren't they? Huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. very easy from cuttings as well. Yeah, leave on their leaves, and uh, yeah, so they, yeah, they sorry, it's just like a giant ivy, really. Um, and they're very tense in those areopanics. They all look so beautiful. And a lot of them have um, really lovely um, new growth as well. Um, the opposites. <laughs> Prazi so opposites. <laughs> and this Prazi opposites is called Hispida. And in here, wow. Well, ah, <laughs> spiky. didn't even know it was spiky. The yeah. new growth, it's kind of a golden, golden brown. Uh, but some of them like have purple new growth. Uh, there's some great Praziopsis. And again, like I have one called Praziopsis I got it from Krug Farm Nurseries. And it came as kind of a, quite a leggy plant, but it's really easy from cutting. So I have quite a few of them now, but they have those spectacular leaves. And yeah, Praziopsis mitis, which is just one of the, the most spectacular Polish plants you can grow. And just for, for planting out, I think that new garden, the more I talk, I talk to you today, that new garden should be just about space for these foliage plants to show off. Yeah. I'm excited uh, that when I ever actually get to set foot in your garden, I I'm might. I'm hoping that's disappointing. It is, 
it's a bit of a bomb size a lot of the time but anyway oh fun. i like that i mean not not <laughs> believing it really is but i very much go for the informal and the slightly crazy yeah. that's that's yeah. my scene anyway. you know jimmy we were we were talking the other day thought I, that um if you get go to a garden and it's too tidy it upsets you it's it's you feel yeah. uncomfortable yeah i know, you know that feeling I mean? yeah. yeah yeah i mean that you know that what's the garden in canada that everyone raves about oh bouchard that's right, Bouchard Garden. I would hate it. <laughs> I, I was I was brought to it when I was given a lecture over there. And not not my sort. <laughs> not my sort. Yeah. I wasn't that far from you the other day, Alan, and I just I had to come home. Um I was at the East Anglia Garden Club giving a lecture. What down near um, Hadley in Suffolk? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I, was there, I was there on Tuesday. When All right. There? <laughs> I was there Saturday. <laughs> I'll have well, to get over funny. to you next year. Yeah. Well, I I, we all need to get to over to you. You need to go to Alan's. We need to get to you. I need to see exactly. your garden in the flesh. I hope when I do get to see your garden that I get to see some of these ideas that are all kind of brewing at the moment. Yeah. Get to see them. Do a road trip life. with the podcast. Oh, that's the dream. <laughs> Have we finally exhausted your? Uh, I your... think so. I think so. Well, what a lovely! I I wish we could have videoed the time lapse of you getting those plants together and lugging the bananas up the stairs and things. That would that would. Because I only had thirty minutes to do it because I was in here relaxing, having my breakfast. Like, oh my god, time! But <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, it's been wonderful. Um, as is often the case at the end of one of these podcasts, I think probably everybody now has an entire page of FLOMO, if not more, like an entire notebook of FLOMO. Uh, I came into it with quite a lot of FLOMO from just your Instagram and, and also your book, because I, have, I got gifted your beautiful book. So I've been diving into this, which is great. But I think What's it I, called? It's a beautiful obsession. Um, what I love is how... You, alongside you know the beautiful pictures and the writing you just have those those pages where you'll sum up long flowering or great foliage or whatever just those yeah. pages that you can really look at and go yes these are the top plants it's like you were saying you know what are the top ones um yeah. and incidentally if no one's ever encountered flomo on this podcast before it is a feeling we all know about having fear of missing out about a plant so the combination of this and your um instagram you were talked a lot about things that flower for a long time, like with your salvias today. So there's the Astrantia, Astrantia major, is it Boan? Boan, yeah. Which you said flowers for seven months. My Astrantia does not sort of perform for seven months in my garden. So I think that's- As long as they're sterile and, and it's not too dry. That's them. And Linaria um, peachy, which you said months, like five months. Um, I've done, done Linarias before, but not that. Uh, that yeah. one. And salvia, you didn't bring this one along today, but is it stachydifolia? Oh, it's so good. It's still in full flower, actually. Beautiful. There's two forms, a dark blue and a light blue. Beautiful thing. Yeah. And I've only just started getting into big salvias in my little garden, so I can't have too yeah. many. But um, yeah. yeah, and it's hardy. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's definitely flown. That's up your my, ones. Well, they're, they're flown up my wish list. Where are you at with your flow, Mo, Jimmy? When I went to desert to jungle plants, there was this amazing bamboo with blue stems. It's a Berinda papifera, but I think it's one called Yunnan One. 
it's enormous, but like really thick. Bring up the bamboo here. I don't know. If, but you know that feeling where you're like, just please stick me up a piece and I'll smuggle it back to Ireland. Uh, <laughs> I just I keep thinking about that bamboo since. Um, what else? Um, a tree that I'm sure it's available, but any time I spot it is Prunus rufa. That's very like Prunus cerula, but gorgeous kind of that colour bark with peeling bark. Um, Indigophora atropopuria. I saw it on Pan Global's Instagram page recently. I would nearly have just flown over for that. Uh, gorgeous, deep, deep purple flowers. Two more, Melianthus major, Anton's blue. It's just a beautiful Melianthus, really spectacular foliage, got a blueness off the leaves. Um, there's a big plant in Wisley. I have seen it in America. Um, and then the other one is Nifofia Oxford Blue. And I was just hoping Adam would put up his head and say, I have that one. <laughs> no. Oxford Blue? Yeah. Glaucus foliage. It's got glaucus foliage and um, beautiful kind of Orange flower, orangey red flower. I can't remember the flower. It's a spectacular one. And I think they have one in Wisley, or they have a bunch of it in Wisley. And I know John Grimshaw, he grows it in his garden, but I don't know anyone else with it. So it's just one of those plants I just keep thinking about. And I, went, I said hello to it in Wisley the other day. It's like, <laughs> you need to come to Ireland. Um, so that's mine. That is a great collection. I also love this. Um, I get this sort of real feeling of you just sort of doing your gardening or laying in bed and just having reverie about the plants that, uh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. you wish you were adding to Huntingbrook. I know. That's why I sleep badly. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Alan. Well, I want all of them, but I'm just going to say that, Jimmy, you're an inspiration. You really are, because, you know, it's. It, I'm thinking the kind of way that you're thinking. And I think probably what it is, as much as anything, is trying to bring um, new interest, new plants into your garden the whole time, trying to make it more interesting. If there is if there is a special salvia, I want just that one. If there's a special acer, I want just that one. Um, and, you know, not saying too much that's silly, but we always learn something when we're talking to gardeners, don't we? And I've learned today that um, Viburnum rightii and Viburnum betulifolium very much better if they're in groups. Yeah. I've got betulifolium in it as a singleton, but I've got another one in a pot, so it's going right next to <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, it's great when but, you just suddenly find, I, I remember hearing that like years ago, and it's like, ah. Yeah, exactly, ah, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so my flomo, I mean, it extends to all the things that I've written. I've written two pages. It's a record for me. Two. <laughs> There's not even two pages of massive writing. That's fitted yeah. them in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Hello. you know, I have to say, but I mean, Jimmy was firing plants at us, so it's hard to keep up sometimes <laughs> with the names. But no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well Aren't done. We, we're so lucky we're in we're in this world of. There's an endless amount of plants and there's, you know, and, and people to talk to about it and share plants with. We're yeah. just, we really are very lucky to be in this world of, of this, this type of horticulture. Yeah, exactly. I think it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. We're lucky to have people that go out and find these plants like, like Bledin and Sue and, That's you know, the, all the other people that go off and collect and exchange seeds and all the rest yeah. of it. 
And it's, you know, a lot of these guys have, because of COVID, they haven't been able to collect for the last no. two years. So I often think, you know, there's quite a lot of plants probably lost to cultivation during this time of COVID. Um, so it's really important that these guys go up, get going again. And they, they do amazing work, you know. Yeah. You know, they have small little nurseries. It's not it's not a big money thing. They, they're they getting these plants out into gardens. There's a lot of plants here from northern Vietnam now, from Mount Fancy Pan, that are hardy. But like if... if the guys that went collecting there didn't get them out. If they were stuck in some, some botanic gardens where they weren't shared, yeah, you know, they're in more danger of being lost. Um, I think that's. I think it's just so important to get get share plants, get them out there, and uh, and pro- pro- propagate them. You know that feeling of only having one of a ra- really rare plant. Get it propagated and share it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, if people are feeling overwhelmed by their FLOMO and they didn't manage to write all the plants down, remember the full plant list is in the show notes on both the audio and the video podcast. And we put all our plant lists on our website now. So you just go to the plant list page and you can save the, the JPEG or take a screenshot on Instagram or wherever. We don't want you to be left wondering what one of that one of those plants was if you're dreaming of it like Jimmy does. Like, I want it in my garden. <laughs> <laughs> um Hopefully, maybe we can get you back in snowdrop season, Jimmy. Woo! No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet some of these new additions to Huntingbrook. Snowdrops and uh, it's starting to collect the Aranthus as well. Kind of anything that flowers with snowdrop. Oh, I'm also collecting arums, different arums. I know they're a bit spreaders, but um, they're. Uh, it's lovely that a plant is actually coming up out of the ground now. Uh, you know, anyway, that's another plant I can start <laughs> Well, till the next time when we'll expect probably even more bountiful show and tell. You've outperformed yourself from last time. <laughs> it has been an absolute treat. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. But thank you so much. Bye. Bye, Bye Jimmy. You. All the best. Yeah. Nice to see you. <laughs> hey, Thordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. <laughs>